0: In, in his book uh, entitled "The Pastor," Eugene Peterson describes his wife Jan's understanding about what it means to be a pastor's wife. And uh, as, as I read Peterson's words, I, I was struck with how uh, this this description really was was not only for pastors' wives, but for all Christians. You know, as they as they enter into the uh, the life of the body of Christ, the church. And so we're going to modify Peterson's word slightly and substitute church member for pastor's wife. So you know, see if you don't think if this is a good description of what uh, life in the church should be. Being a church member is a vocation, a, a way of life. It means participation in the intricate web of hospitality, living at the intersection of human need and God's grace, inhabiting a community where men and women who don't fit are welcomed, where neglected children are noticed where the stories of Jesus are told, and the people who have no stories find out they do have stories that are part of jesus 's story. being a church member places us strategically yet unobtrusively at a heavenly trafficked intersection between heaven and earth now you know we we finished the book of ezra and we've we 've gotten a, a Start in the book of Nehemiah, chapter one, and we're going to take a little side road today. We'll get back to Nehemiah next week. Um, you know, we we see a lot of applications in in Ezra and Nehemiah for the church. You know, God used His people to to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem, and and He's doing the same thing in in His church. And this morning i 'd like to talk about what uh what it means to be part of the church, what we should expect of ourselves as members of the body of christ you know what what is the head who is Christ? what does he desire of us and uh, you know I'd like to begin by pointing out that uh, there are two ways that we use church one. One is a, a little C church. The other is is the big C church. You know, first is is the big C, capital C church. It it consists of all people who have been redeemed by Christ. All people all over the world, all believers worldwide. So if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, you, you're a member of the Universal Church. You can you can visit a church in in another country and and feel a, a bond of, of brotherhood. Has anybody experienced that? I, I sure have. Yeah. Second is, is the local church. This is, this is the little c church. And a, a local church is, is a local assembly, assembly of believers. You know, the, the local church has an address. It's a, it's a subset of the universal church. You know, the, the, the local church is a, a local manifestation of the universal church. And uh, I've been wanting to talk about church membership. Our, our church, Chihuila Evangelical Free Church, has membership. And today after, after our service, we're going to have a, a potluck, and then we're going to have a, a congregational meeting where we, we as a congregation will be voting on uh, seven new members. This seemed like a good time to do this. There's something to be uh, celebrated in this. You know we, uh, we, we met with with these seven, Tom and Matt and I as, as the elders, for uh, two sessions, which were two or three hours. Uh, church membership class. Uh, we, we each gave our our testimonies about what Christ has done in our lives. We talked about what it means to be a church member. We, we talked about what we believe you know the the doctrine that that we that we agree on we talked about the uh, the nuts and bolts of of how the church operates with with elders and deacons and uh, ministry coordinators and, and so forth and we talked about attitude you know what's what's the right way to think what's the right attitude to have if if you're a member of a church what's what's the heart of a member of the of the body of Christ and that 's what i'd like to talk about today attitude attitude and what we 're talking about today uh, pertains to all Christians you know but but we 're going to zero in on, on the local church this this is where we live, this is where we operate this is where we rub shoulders with our uh, our fellow believers week by week, uh, day by day and uh, and I normally don't do this but i'd like to um i'd like to use the outline of a little book by uh, by tom rainer it's it's called i am a church member and uh, we we gave we gave a little a, a copy of this little book to each of the uh people in the membership class and i i picked up several extra copies and uh, you know we we were talking in in an elder meeting about this and one of my fellow elders said, "Why don't we? Why don't we give each each family, each person in the church a, a copy of this book?" So, I ordered some, and we have those to to pass out at, at the end of the the service. Uh, Matt, we don't have to do it right now, but afterwards, they're in my office, in those boxes on my desk. Okay. So, yeah, I'd really like to encourage you to take this book, this little book, read it, uh, look at the. The scripture passages it, it references, and you know, prayerfully consider what it has to say. Uh, you know, whether whether or not you're on the official roles of, of the church, if you're part of the, the life and the ministry of this church, these things are important. These things apply. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use the uh, the chapter headings of of this book. I am a church member as, as my outline. So I'm not not just going through the book. You need to read the book to, you know, he's he's got a lot more to say than I do. Let's begin by looking at um, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, where Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's begin by looking at that. A member needs to be first uh, functioning. You know, this is is one of the metaphors that Paul uses for the church. You know, the images of of each member of of the body functioning as part of the body with with Christ as the head. You know, each each person has a different role. Each person is is unique. Each person has been given uh, different tasks. But the role... You know, the the main the main function of each member is is for the health of the whole body. In Ephesians four, fifteen through sixteen, Paul says, Rather, speaking truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that builds itself up in love. So each each member of the body needs to function, to work properly, to, to function in a in a healthy manner. First uh, Corinthians twelve twelve, Paul again talks about the body. He says, Just as the body is one, it has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And he talks about how each member in the body of Christ is there for a reason. Each member has a, a different function. You know, what happens if, uh, if an ear is tired of being an ear? It says, I'm tired of this, this hearing stuff. I want to be an eye. You know, the eye is so much better than the ear. Or, or even worse, the ear is so much better than the eye. You know, what, what happens if the hand tries to, to function as an ear? It just doesn't make sense. You know, we, we can see with our bodies because we have eyes. We can walk because we, we have feet, and, and so it is in the body of Christ. You know, what, what happens in our bodies if a, if a member quits functioning? Maybe it's injured. If so, the whole body... Works to restore that member to to bring healing and, and strength. What happens if a member uh, refuses to function? You know, that'd be be like some sort of uh, uh, voluntary paralysis, I guess. You know, if the eyes don't function, the body is blind. If the if the lungs don't function, well, the body's starved of oxygen. You know, in in any case, uh, the the whole body suffers because that member is not healthy and working properly. Can't breathe, the whole body dies. So what's true in our our physical bodies is also true in in the body of Christ, the the church. You know, each each member has a purpose. Each member functions for for the health and and for the good of, of the whole body. Each member is strategically placed to serve the body. each member should contribute to the ministry of the, of the body. Each, each person, each member is is uniquely gifted by the Holy Spirit as, as he sovereignly wills. Each member is important from the, the smallest to the uh, to the greatest. You know it's, it's important that each member be doing what they're there for. i I bumped my little toe on the on the bed frame the other night in the middle of the night when it was dark, yeah, trying to avoid the dog on the floor <laughs> and um I tell you what it, it, it seemed like my whole body participated in in that big ouch um, you know i believe if if we are Truly following Christ, yielding to the to the Holy Spirit, presenting ourselves to Christ, to God, He's going to stir our hearts to know what our, our function should be, what our what our in, uh, ministry is. You know the, the word minister in, in the body uh, comes from the the same word that's, that's translated translated serve. To to minister is to serve. And I would contend that uh, every member is is a minister in the church. every member serves the body i don't i don 't believe that that uh, any believer is called to be a Christian and not function, not serve you know many many though come to observe. Rather than serve you know as a uh, as a consumer rather than a servant, so you know rather than ask what what 's in it for me really what does our question need to be how can I serve how can I serve this church that's what 's meant by being a, a functioning member uh, the, the the next point is that uh, each member should be a unifying member each member in the body should bring unity to the body this is really related to, to that last item isn't it if all the parts are functioning properly it's for the good of the whole body you know, a problem occurs when, when somebody or, or a group of somebody decide they, they no longer care about the rest of the body uh, maybe they don't realize it, but their own self-interests have, have begun to uh, override the the interest of, of the whole body. You know, what's what's an autoimmune disorder? You know, that's that's it's a it's a malfunction in the body where, you know, there, there's part of the body is fighting another part of the body with a mistaken uh, uh, function of. of trying to keep the body healthy. It's, it's you know, thing, things are out of whack. You know, one, one member thinks it's protecting the body by attacking another member of, of the body. Uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 2, says this. If there's any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. You know, Jesus, when he prayed to, to the Father, prayed that, that we would be one just as as he and the Father are one. And he even gave the reason, he said, so that the world may know Father, that you have have sent me, you know we are we are Christ's body on earth. We are Christ's representative on earth. Our, our witness is seriously diminished if if we have division and not unity. So, if someone who's an unbeliever comes in and sees infighting among the uh, the Christian believers, the members of the body, you know why would they really want to have anything to do with us? They'll just turn around and, and walk out and never come back. You know, it's a, it's a poor reflection on Christ. It's a, it's a poor example of us showing that the Father has sent the Son to serve a redemptive purpose in, in this world. You know, on the other hand, Jesus pointed out that when we are one, when we do have unity, people will know that the Father has sent Jesus in the world. The world needs to see God's love in action through us as we represent Christ on earth. So a member needs to be uh, unifying. Third, and this is, this is a big one here. Uh, the, the, it's not about my preferences and desires. <laughs> it's not about, and this is something we all wrestle with, right? You know, I, I certainly have my preferences. And my preferences certainly will sometimes clash with other people's preferences. Uh, let me continue in, in Philippians 2. We just read 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's let let's read verse 3. He says, this is the attitude you need to have. Don't put yourself first, put others first. That's my paraphrase. Here's what it really says. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but to the interest of others. What Paul is saying here is is very much contrary to our our sinful, fleshly nature. You know, putting ourselves first, I believe, comes very natural to us, or does for me. Uh, You know, if you don't believe me, look at children at, at play. Look at toddlers as, as they play with each other. My, my parents, when we were little, they, uh, they didn't have video cameras, but they, my dad had a, a film camera. We'd, we'd watch movies with a projector on a movie screen, but this, this one in particular shows um, me with my bottle my brother Bill, a year older than me, coming up, grabbing my bottle, and me grabbing it back and whacking him over the head with it. You know, that's, that's how we are. That's how we are. First <laughs> um, 1 Corinthians 10.24, Paul says this. He says, Let no one seek his own good, but for the good of his neighbor. I guess I, I should have said Brother Bill, you can have that bottle. Anyway, what are, what are some areas where, where we have this problem? You know, the, f- the first one that uh, comes to mind for me is I've been in many churches over the years, is uh, music style. There's even a, there's even a word that uh, has been given to the, the squabbling and infighting over style of music. It's called worship wars. Worship wars you know um one person likes hymns another person likes praise choruses another likes contemporary music somebody hates the guitar somebody hates the the organ you know the the personal preferences go on and on and they they can the churches have splintered over this Tom Rainer, the same, the same guy who wrote this book, he, he wrote another book which uh, has an interesting title. It's called Autopsy of a Dead Church. And he looks at, in this book, it's, it's interesting because he looks at 14 different churches who have uh, permanently closed their doors. And he, he interviewed the, the pastors and the people, the leaders in the church and the congregations. You know, what happened? In his research, <coughs> he wanted to find out what things do... What th- things did they, these churches have in commons? In common, excuse me. What what is it that that caused these these churches to die? And uh, he he reports that every one of these fourteen dead churches that he was doing an autopsy on had some level of problem in, of, of this kind of selfishness. You know, were members were focused and insistent on uh, their own preferences. Here's some of the issues that that he listed. You know, my music style. My desired length and order of worship services. My desired color and design of buildings and rooms. My activities and programs. My need of ministers and staff these are the top things that cause the destruction of these churches. You know, the emphasis is on my preferences over others. That's a unity killer. You know, there, there, there are people in churches who would rather see the church wither and die rather than going against their personal preferences. The next point is... Uh, Church members should pray for their church leaders. In Paul's letters, what does he request for himself? He, he requests that people pray for him. Uh, Romans 15:13, he said, "I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf." Hebrews thirteen eighteen the uh, the author says pray for us pray for us. Ephesians six nineteen says keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador and change that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So let me point out that we all need to be praying for each other. Even backing up one from that, we all ought to pray. And we are to be intercessors, praying for each other. But your leaders need your, your prayers. Your need, leaders need your prayers. Pray for me. Pray for, pray for the elders, Tom and Matt. Pray for the deacons, Fran and Mike and, and Harold and Luke. Pray for all the leaders. Pray for all the people who are in a position of, of leadership in this church. Pray for, you know, pr- pray for their protection. Pray for our protection. Pray for our families. Pray for our marriages. Pray for our, our children and our relationships that we have with, with our children. You know, pray, pray that we're able to, uh, to keep a good balance in our lives. Pray that Jesus Christ will be glorified through our ministry. Pray that he'll be glorified in, in every area of, of our lives. The next point is a uh, church members should lead their families to be healthy church members. The, the the family unit is is a very special thing in, in the eyes of the Lord and you know from the beginning we see that uh, he desires unity in in our families you know right from the second chapter of the Bible God says of husband and wife a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh he's talking about unity you know God God calls us to uh, to unity in our families. Uh, selfless love, patience, more patience, you know, service to to one another. He calls for husbands to to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Peter says of husbands, you know, live with your wives in an understanding way. They're fellow heirs. If... um, what happens when families are not unified? You know, what happens when each member of the family goes their own way, doing their own thing? When I, when I lived at home, we used to uh, eat together. No matter what, it was very, very important for my parents that the whole family was together for for the evening meal. And um, that was a time we we talked as a family. <clears throat> Many times family decisions were, were made. Uh, I, had, I had friends, though, who I'd go to their house and uh, find out that their house was quite different. Everybody did their own thing. You know, you might have one kid sitting in the living room watching TV, another kid Sitting at the, the table, you know somebody else is out having having a meal at their friend 's house, and you know just no no togetherness as, as a family, no togetherness we need to pray together as as families. husbands and wives need to pray together, parents need to pray with with their children you know learn to learn to love the church, learn to love serving. The church as a family, and I've got to say, I <laughs> I see many people in this church doing this very well. I've, I've got to commend the families in in this church. Um, you know, help through your family help help this to become a, a house of prayer as as Jesus desires. You know, he said he said, "My house will be called a house of prayer." You know, I love it when. When families bring their children to the the prayer meetings midweek on Tuesdays, and when the children participate oh i just it just makes me smile thinking about it it's beautiful, and finally, we need to treasure church membership as as a gift as as believers god has has given us. Many, many gifts, more than we even know uh, you know our, our salvation is a gift there there's nothing we could do to to earn our salvation. Jesus died for our sins, so that if we believe in him, you know he he saves us by his grace you know we, we can't buy we can't earn our way into heaven we can't we can't get there by. Virtue of of how good we are, or our good deeds, our good works. We become a member of the body of Christ when we believe in Jesus. Then we're a member of the family of God. He gives spiritual gifts to to each of us again to help strengthen each other and encourage each other. Church membership is is a gift, and, and you know God has graciously made each of us a, a member here, a member of the body of Christ. He's graciously given us the holy spirit if we are believers in jesus uh, jesus said in matthew 7:7 7, 7, ask and it will be given unto you seek or er, yes yeah, seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for for everyone who asks receives the one who f- seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? It it pleases the Father to give his children gifts. Uh, He doesn't require us to earn his love. He doesn't require us to, to earn our, our place in, in the body of Christ. He doesn't require us to earn our ways into our way into his family. And Yeah, uh, you know, one one thing we can do is we can we can contrast church membership with membership in, say, a, a country club. And uh, Tom Rainer talks about this this country club mentality. You know what, what is it what does it take to join a country club normally? Money, yes. Perhaps some other requirements. Maybe, you know, you need to live in a certain area or whatever, have a house there. (laughs) Um, You know, you need to meet certain requirements. You need to pay your dues. One way or another, you've got to pay your dues. When you become a member, then you're entitled to the perks and and the benefits of of the country club. The perks and benefits of, of membership. And so the mindset can be, well, if I pay my dues, I'm entitled to the benefits, right? Church membership is not like that. When we see church membership as as a gift, we we see it through different eyes. We realize that that we've been given the opportunity to to serve each other. We've been given the opportunity to to love each other. we become... People who give rather than people who take. We become servants rather than those who are served. We partake in order to benefit others, not, not ourselves. So being part of, the, part of the church family calls for each of us to, to have a servant's heart, putting others first. This is the kind of attitude Christ desires, that He demands. We need to outdo one, one another in, in showing honor. Paul says in the uh, in the Rainier book, and you'll, you'll be getting this later. Um, he ends it with a with a pledge which which covers each of these these areas. Uh, I think he sums it up very well. Let me let me read this. It says, "I am a church member." I like the member, I like the member, let me start over. I'm a church member. I like the metaphor of membership. It's not a membership as in a civic organization or a country club. It's the kind of membership that's given to us in 1 Corinthians 12. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Because I am a member of the body of Christ, I I must be a functioning member, whether I'm an eye or an ear or a hand. As a functioning member, I will give, I will serve, I will minister, I will evangelize, I will study, I will seek to be a blessing to others. I will remember that if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If, If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I am a church member. I will seek to be a source of unity in this church. I know there are no perfect pastors, staff, no, amens, no, no perfect pastors, staff, or other church members, but neither am I. I will not be a source of gossip or dissension. One of the greatest contributions I can make is to do all I can in God's power to help keep the church in unity for the sake of the gospel. I am a church member. I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. That is self-serving. I am in this church to serve others and to serve Christ. My Savior went to a cross for me. I can deal with any inconveniences and matters that are not just my preferences or style. I am a church member. I will pray for my pastor every day. His work is never-ending. His days are filled with constant demands of his time with the need to prepare sermons, with those who are rejoicing in births, those who are traveling through the valley of the shadow of death, with critics, with hurts and hopes of others, and with need, the need to be a husband and a father. My pastor cannot serve our church in his own power. I will pray for God's strength for him and his family every day. I am a church member. I will lead my family to be good members of this church as well. We will pray together for our church. We will worship together in our church. We will serve together in our church. We will ask Christ to help us fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life for her. I am a church member. This membership is a gift. When I received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, I became part of the body of Christ. I soon thereafter identified with a local body and was baptized. And now I am humbled and honored to serve and to love others in our church. I pray that I will never take my membership for granted, but see it as a gift and an opportunity to serve others and to be part of something much greater than any one person or member. I am a church member, and I thank God that I am. So it's all about our hearts. It's all about our our attitudes. You know, let's let's together apply these these principles, these these biblical principles and and let's live them out in in godly joy. Let's pray. Oh Lord, God, what a what a privilege it is to be part of your family. What an honor it is, Lord God, that uh, you have adopted us into your family, made us uh, members of, of the body of Christ, we we praise you, Lord, for the uh, the loving kindness that, that you've shown to us. Um, Lord Jesus, we we want to to be like you. We want to be perfect in love and and unity. Uh, Lord, might we take serious our own roles, our own parts in your body, our own place in your body, uh, serving one another, showing one another honor, fulfilling the mission that that you've given us, Lord, to to make disciples, to to evangelize and bring people in and then to edify them, to, to build them up, making disciples. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you you bring health, spiritual health to each member of of this body. Lord, help us to, to grow and mature. And it's for Christ's sake, the head of this church. Amen.